Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of the Unbiased Freedom Podcast. With Yo. Your, with your host, Thomas, and my co-host, Ian. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, bro. Oh, you're good, man. So just a little fun fact to get us started. Ian wrote and produced our intro. Ian, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, when I knew we were going to start this podcast, I was like, well, you know, a lot of people go and I, th- I believe if, as long as you use less than 30 seconds of a song, you actually don't have to get licensing rights to use a song. But I thought, hey, since I play guitar and I, I know how to, you know, play play bass, okay. I mean, it's not great, but let's be honest, it works. So I, uh, I spent literally maybe 20 minutes just pinning that as an idea and here we are, so... But honestly, it's awesome. It kind of fits us, uh, I believe, as a duo, and I think it's pretty awesome. So, uh, we'll see. We might keep it. I might come up with something better. I thought, hey, that's I cool. Know. Yeah, we can rotate out. Maybe yeah. like every season have a different, different theme song. There you go. Well, on today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit more about libertarianism itself and kind of what uh, it's all about, because that kind of plays into. Our whole dynamic, you know, it plays into our everyday lives, what we believe, um, our different points of views, and that's, you know, anything and everything. So we figured that we've had a lot of people asking questions, uh, people who are definitely interested because they don't are not happy with either Biden or Trump, and they want a better option out there. And so I think this is a, a good episode to try to give some of that information. Sounds good to me. I mean, we've already established how, you know, you and I have came into this fold, you know. You basically got information from me and ran with it, did your own research and came to your own conclusions. And here we are. And for me, it was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was hardcore George W. Bush. <clears throat> I mean, hardcore, ladies and gentlemen, um, right wing, you know, conservative and uh, conservative. And uh, so today, obviously, I've, I'm older and I'm wiser. And I think, you know, as we age, for the most part, we do whatever our parents did. You know, of course, there's going to be, you know, bias in the household. You know, mom always votes this or dad always votes that. And this person's on TV and mom doesn't like them, but dad thinks they're great. You know, it's like kids pick up on those things. And as a child, you know, it kind of molds you and who you are as a young adult. But then as you get older, you start working, you start paying taxes, <laughs> you, uh, you may own property, you know, it starts to mold the fray quite a bit differently. You see the world through your own eyes and through, instead of through somebody else's eyes who take care of you. So for me, that was huge, man. And, yep. and pushing me into that direction. Well, and you know, it's, it's statistically proven that the older you get, the more conservative you, you start becoming. Correct. And today's conservatives or, you know, Republicans are really not conservative as far as physically and stuff like that because they they are spending just as much as democrats ever did oh for sure i mean look at our i mean we talked about it last episode you know 26 trillion dollar um in debt for the u.s government yep um each, and they're forecasting next year that we're gonna be above yes our, yeah it's gonna, our our gdp is gonna be um uh the gdp will not be making the debt payments so basically we are we are up the creek and there's only other one time in history that we've been in this situation it was during wartime and it was during during world war ii and a lot of that debt was paid back by our enemies after we beat them so uh japanese in particular and uh germany 
And so we got to we got to really think and take a hard look. I mean, we're not in any position to just be spending and spending and spending and creating money out of thin air, which I don't know about this whole coin shortage thing, but it the timing seems odd. I know a lot of European countries have started getting away from actual physical currency and I think, you know, let's be honest, I use my debit card and and more than I probably even should and then I use my phone more than that. But there is something to be said about having physical money. As and, long as it's actually backed by something cuz right now it's just paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we left the gold standard back in the 70s and you can see what inflation has done since then. I mean, we're it's incredible. The inflation is increasing exponentially and I think if we stay on the current trajectory without any kind of corrections whether that be you know the government or the fed which let's be honest the feds just propping up this economy with these artificially low interest rates and there's been there's been some times where I've heard talk online about them even potentially looking at negative rates where you owe them money and that happened during the great depression so i mean uh, it's kind of crazy. Like if you have your money in bank in in, in your bank account, and there's a, a negative five percent return, you don't make money. You lose money with it sitting in the bank. It costs you money to use that service. So I mean, it's it's kind of crazy and it's scary to think about that because if you do that across the board every quarter, I mean, and we all know the Federal Reserve just because it has federal in the name doesn't mean it's a government entity because it is not it is a private institution all right well so getting back to uh today's topic uh we have found a pretty good website that uh, we're going to reference a lot today uh, it's actually going to be fun a little bit later on we're going to take a quiz that kind of tells you where you lean on the political spectrum and includes even authoritarianism so it's not just you know if you're a Democrat or Republican, it's it's all the different kind of entities, and it'll tell you almost it'll tell you a percentage of where you lean on each one. That'll um, be fun. Yeah, it's only about a minute long. We're gonna do it uh, here on the podcast, and we're gonna kind of talk about those questions as we go. Yeah, we'll and, talk through it, and then if uh, we're complete liars and we're not libertarians, <laughs> we'll all find out together. This ought to be real fun, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, so to start out, um, you know, a lot of people ask us, "What is a libertarian?" Um, basically. A libertarian is socially liberal to an extent and then fiscally conservative. So we want to have a balanced budget. We don't want any more deficit. We want people to be able to do whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't affect other people. Um, libertarian is roughly translated to believer in freedom. You know, we believe in individual uh, owns our life and our property. And we have the right to make the choices of how we live, as long as it respects the rights of other people do the same. Um, so a good this website that we're actually going to be referencing a lot tonight is going to be theadvocates.org. And it's it's very helpful. It actually has a lot of really good information, not just about libertarianism, but for also Democrat and Republican, authoritarian, all you know, all kinds of different spectrums. And uh, so tonight we're going to be referencing that quite a bit. So to break it down into very plain, simple English. Libertarian Party, it promotes civil liberties, non-interventionism, meaning 
you don't meddle in foreign affairs, we wouldn't be in these endless wars. We wouldn't be the world's policemen. Laissez-faire capitalism, which we all know right now we have crony capitalism. And they're completely on board with limiting the size of the government. Um, big government equals big taxes, big problems. And usually government never gets smaller. It just keeps getting bigger. So, And every law that keeps put, getting put on the books, I mean... Gosh, I remember uh, one of our local stations, I believe it was News Channel 5 here in Nashville. This 2020 year, uh, right at the start of January, I believe, there were 114 new laws that went into effect. And I think it was upwards of 130 back in 2019, that fiscal year. So it's like every time we move forward in time by one year, we're just adding more laws and more laws and more laws. We're losing more of our freedom. Exactly. Every law, some laws are legitimate. Yeah, of course. But you can't just have unruly, you know, it's just, there's that's got, just not possible. There's got to be some yeah. society, right? Yeah, we there's, can't live in anarchy. Well, we, we might be able to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, <laughs> another I, uh, subject, right? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would actually kind of consider myself an anarcho-capitalist, meaning I am I don't think that government even has a place in society. I think as modern humans, we've kind of outgrew the need for a governing body. Um, but yeah, that's a whole nother, whole nother topic. Until, until we get to there, until we get to that place or that point in time, today the Libertarian Party is the closest thing I think that's going to get us in the right direction, uh, get us where we want to be. Uh, so most people probably don't even know Libertarian was actually the Libertarian Party was founded in 1971, December 11th. That would be 48 years ago, and their headquarters is currently in Alexandria, Virginia. And um, official party membership at this point in time is 609,000. Now, a lot of people might say, "Well, that's not not a lot of people." Those 609,000 people are card-carrying libertarians. I mean, you pay a due. They send you an official, hey, you're part of the Libertarian Party kind of thing, which I actually haven't done. I've thought about it, but I don't need to associate with the party. Exactly. In order to vote with the party. And I don't, I kind of don't like that mindset. That's, I was actually talking to my wife about that today. um, And I told her, you know, there are card carrying members. I wouldn't do that myself because if in the future there is somebody of a different party that I find is a better candidate, I'm going to vote for that person. I don't vote based on party lines that's not oh yeah something i think that's completely ignorant if you vote just on party lines agree and i watch the constitution party quite heavily yeah i mean there's there's a lot of good ideas there and uh, also um uh i was gonna say the green party but uh, let's be honest that's a <laughs> yeah, it's uh abomination it's a, f- it's a fucking joke <laughs> yeah oh so real quick just a fun fact another fun fact so, you know the philosopher Lao Tzu? Uh, t- please, enlighten From me. From the 1600s, he was a, a Chinese philosopher. I, hey, I went to public schools, man. Okay. Well, so he's considered... So did the, you, right? I did. Okay, all right. But, well, just for the viewers. <laughs> but, Nobody's watching so this, but you know. It's considered that he was actually the first libertarian um, ideolo- or with, with that sign, type of ideology. Okay. Um, and so, obviously, it's kind of transformed from there to what we know it is today. And then, of course, um, back in the 18th and 19th centuries, classic liberals were, uh, were actually what libertarians actually are now. 
Um, and it's just, Oh, that's definitely true. You know, you hear about the blue dog Democrats. Yep. Those are today's modern libertarians. That's exactly right. And so, you know, you always hear, um, about not your father's democratic party that, that, that would be today's Libertarian Party, honestly. I mean, it would because the Democrats then, minus all the racism, <laughs> um, had some good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do so, you mean? The KKK wasn't a good idea? I, you know, not a, not a huge fan of that at all. I mean, I neither am I. Let's just be clear. <laughs> Let's just be really clear there. Yeah. That's, we do not advocate any kind of bias or racial anything because, honestly, that's just stupid to base anybody Without knowing them or their character based on their skin color, that's absolutely stupid. It's backwards thinking. There's no place. Yeah, there's no place for it in in today's society. It's bullshit. But yeah, so I just, so another thing that we also want to discuss, a lot of things that we've been asked about um, is, you know, does the Libertarian Party want to eliminate the IRS? 100%. Yes. We do not believe that you should be federally taxed on your income, and it's just you should be able to keep the money you earn. Um, and then I've, I'm always told, well, then how does the government going to pay for all of its programs? Easy. You eliminate unnecessary spending, and you have to truly eliminate it. Correct. Correct. And another <clears throat> a misnomer with the Libertarian Party is that nobody votes Libertarian that it's just throwing a vote away. So uh, up until about 2012, I could absolutely agree with you on that. But uh, surprisingly, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, which don't get me started in that guy, not a fan, gun grabber, not a fan, but they were actually able to garner 3.29% of the entire popular vote of the country, which translates to 4.4 million votes. That is no small potato right there. So we're talking, we're almost, we're, we're getting close to that 5% threshold. I think we'll do it with Joe Jorgensen. I, you know, it's very, very likely that we will. I could, I could see that. Um, it seems like we're on a trajectory upwards trending. And I feel like within the next, I don't know, let's say decade and a half, um, I could see the Libertarian Party actually garnering at least 10% of the, the national popular vote. And when that starts to happen, then you're going to start seeing the Democrats and the Republicans really up in arms because it's going to start literally swaying entire elections. When you've got 51, or sorry, let's not say 51. Yeah. <laughs> when you've got 41% of the, of the country voting for a Democrat and you've got 40% voting for a Republican and you've got the other whatever that math is, 19% voting for a libertarian. I'm terrible at math, folks. <clears throat> um, you know, they're going to they're gonna start saying, well, if we didn't have this party here, you know, we would have won by a landslide and this and that. The and- biggest thing I hate about that argument is who is to say I was going to vote for your candidate? So to say that my vote would cost the election because this is not true. Because honestly, if they're, I would rather not cast a vote if it's somebody that I truly could just not justify, then to vote for somebody that is the lesser of two evils. Right. I, I can't justify that to myself. Agreed. The thing that's going to be difficult is with the electric, electoral college. All right. So today, 
you know, uh, some states have passed some laws saying that whomever wins the popular vote in their state, all their electoral members have to vote whomever won the popular vote. Now, I think, and I'm going to say think because we haven't seen it actually come into fruition. It hasn't came into play. But I think that at some point in the near future, and it could even be this election cycle, which this November is going to be very interesting. Oh, especially with all the mail-in voting. <laughs> yeah. I think um, we're going to start seeing, imagine, uh, like I believe Nevada passed this law. And Nevada's been blue, it's been red. Uh, quite, quite often they flip, flip back and forth. Imagine um, all the liberals' heads exploding if there was 51% of the popular vote in Nevada went for Trump and the other 49% went Democrat and all however many electoral votes that they have go to President Trump. It's just going to help push a landslide in either direction, you yeah. know? And so I think it needs to be more broke down um, into like percentages, um, if possible. I don't know. I'm not the guy who's going to tell you how to do that. Um, I would think that it would have to do something with the U.S. Election Commission would have to come up with some plan. And I don't even know if it's something you could mandate federally that the states have to, if a third party gets 10% of the vote, do they get, you know, that point, whatever. I mean, and, and do you even break it up into points? Because I know, let's see, um, while I'm talking, can you find out how many electoral votes uh, or electoral college members are in the state of Tennessee? Okay. So that, that's got me wondering, like, say we've got 13 and Trump gets seven and the Democrats get three. Can the, the libertarians get one of those electoral votes? I, you know, it hasn't happened since the very first election cycle in 1972. They got one electoral vote. And since then, it's been zero ever since. So it turns out we have 11 elect electoral votes here in Tennessee. Okay. That's, that's what I thought. I didn't want to assume because, you know, population grows, the number changes. But, um, yeah, it, like, is that possible? Can you break that up into fractions and, and can you actually get, you know, uh, that third party out there? And, and I think that's going to be what it takes. Or you do a convention of states type thing. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but that's a really interesting way to, to go at it. So I actually don't know a whole lot about the convention of states. So you obviously seem to know a little bit more about me. Why don't we discuss that so I can maybe ask some questions and get enlightened myself? All right. That sounds great. So I went ahead and pulled up conventionsofstates.com, the official website where this movement is actually pushing the, that idea and the plan and trying to actually put it into motion. So just so you know, Tennessee's passed the Convention of States resolution. So it's done. It's a done deal. Um, you can actually go to conventionsofstates.com and actually see a map. All the green states are states that have passed the Convention of States legislation. Um, there's been a few states that have passed in one of the chambers. Of course, you got to pass them in all in order to get it uh, a law passed. And then... We have a bunch of other states that actually have ongoing legislation to get this passed. <clears throat> so um, basically what it does is Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, Constitution gives states the power to call a convention of states to propose amendments. It takes 34 states to call the convention and 38 to ratify any, any amendments that are proposed. Our convention would allow 
the states to discuss amendments that, quote, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, impose fiscal restraints, and place term limits on federal officials. So it's basically basically bypassing those who are in office and saying, yeah. look, we the people are fed up with not having term limits. We're fed up with the debt. We're fed up with unbalanced budgets. We want to fix it and we're, we're going to put a stop to it. And this is how they can do that. So if we can get that 38, then this can happen. What's our current count? Let's see. Total count. Because we've always discussed it as well. Like, it's one thing to vote for the president, but honestly, that's not the most important elections to be going for. You need to worry about your senators and and that you know and everything else. Like it's just oh you, yeah. You, you if you don't change Congress at the end of the day, nothing changes. Oh yeah, we need to be involved at the local level. You know, go talk exactly. to your go talk to your county commissioners. Go sit in on a meeting. Go to your state legislator. Sit in on all that stuff. Yeah, ask questions. You know, and make some noise because the squeaky wheel does get the grease, believe yeah. it or not. Well, and you know, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, the mayor in Knoxville, he's yes. libertarian too, by the way. Yeah. So we actually have a libertarian in office here in Tennessee. Yeah. And to answer your earlier question, we have 15 total states that have actually passed Convention okay. of States article. So we still got a ways to go, but maybe we can get it rolling. Yeah. We're, we've got a little more than halfway to go, but we're, we're climbing and... Right now, there are a bunch of states that have ongoing legislation and states that have passed this in a couple of their houses. So we're, we're well on our way, I think, to getting to a point where we can really make a change as a citizen. You know, we have a say. It's not just, oh, the few people from our state that are senators or congressmen make those choices. No, we're going we're gonna to put a stop to that. Well, it was never supposed to be that way. It was always supposed to be that the states had the power and the federal government was to serve the states. Now it's the other way. The federal government is this almighty, all-powerful entity that has basically unlimited control, and it's about time that we step in and remind them, hey, you work for us. Yes. You know, because you have people like Pelosi or Biden who have been in, in the Congress for 49 years for Biden, 46 years, something like that. Yep. And since the civil nothing. rights yeah. revolution, I mean, good which, grief, which he was opposed to. Segre he, he was, he was in favor of segregation. Correct. So, but now he's going to magically fix stuff if he becomes president. Right. Like, come on now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. Let's be real to ourselves. Let's be honest. These people do not care about, their constituents, they only care about padding their pockets and making money. These people go in like Bernie Sanders, never had money, never had a real job, and now they're multimillionaires, multiple houses. Isn't that convenient? Exactly. And, and, and they tiptoe or just straight up ignore certain things that we want done, like term limits, because they know it will affect them. We have term limits in almost every single office in the whole country. Oh yeah. Um, Apple's already talking there. about getting rid of their CEO. Wow. Really? Yeah. Honestly, that's, I mean, that's up to them. That's their, but I mean, that's, it's a good thing to get fresh blood every once you, in a while. You don't you want get too new much ideas. power. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at Caesar. What happened with him? He got too much power and he didn't give it up. Yep. Here we are. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, the United States, we're following the same path that, 
Rome did, and Rome followed uh, fell because of money, really, more yeah. than anything. So, and that's where we're heading. Yeah. So, all right. So, to change subject just a little bit, um, let's I've, do it. I've also had a bunch of people asking me different questions about Joe Jorgensen, specifically this election. Okay. So, let me get your opinion on what her stance is as far as our government spending. What would she do specifically to help? cut the deficit, and to get us back on track? Well, I'm pretty sure all these departments you keep hearing about, the Department of Justice, Department of Energy. Postal De- Service? Department of Education. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of different departments that uh, really, they're just costing taxpayers money. I mean, and they're not providing a service to the taxpayer. They're providing a government service to usually other government agencies. And that's when you know you're too big. And I mean, we talk about, you know, military spending too. That's a huge problem. We got all these black projects. You got all this money that's completely unaccounted for. And you've got the Navy buying toilets for six grand a pop. It's like, okay, whose friend is that that they hired to 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 buy those toilets from? Or the $1,200 coffee mug that they still can't explain why they spent $1,200 on a freaking coffee mug. Yeah, because somebody's buddy buddies with the, the company that dropped in with the pins in the cups and said, hey, look, we can put your logo on it. They need to do what every other business does. They need to be within a budget and they need to go and shop for the best pricing on whatever product or service that we're needing. And honestly... Most of the stuff that they're doing, the government shouldn't even be involved with. Oh, for sure. Like, the, the government really thinks they have a blank check yeah. that they can just cash whatever they want. They can, They don't question anything. Yeah. Oh, it costs that much? Sure. Why not? Here we well, go. And so I was talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, we were talking about Jorgensen and some kind of the things that she would do, or even just libertarians in, in general. Um, and one of them was cutting unnecessary programs, and I had mentioned NASA. And he was just kind of like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, if yep. you look at SpaceX, a private institution, which, yes, I know they've had some government funding and this and that, but for the most part, you look at what they have accomplished as a private entity versus what NASA has accomplished recently, there's no reason why they couldn't even sell NASA to Elon Musk, and it would just be one big program, and it would be privatized then. It wouldn't have to be, because people who are interested in it, they're going to donate money, just like People get Patreons like if, on a YouTube channel. If people are interested enough, they're going to donate money because it's something they're interested in. Oh, yeah. The um, Mars One mission, uh, you know. We're going to have a podcast about that coming up. Just to let you guys know with a special guest. Yes, sir. It's nobody super special, but, you know, he's a buddy of mine. He's smart. We're, <laughs> we're all super special, Thomas. Yeah, in our own way. My mom says I'm special, so. She's right. She's right. <laughs> so back on topic, the, the Mars One mission um, through SpaceX, Elon Musk sent out saying, hey, we need volunteers, volunteer astronauts on a one-way ticket to go to Mars. You may die. You will not come back. We can't guarantee that you'll be able to talk to your family, i.e. satellite communications or even audio. But There's but, been a crazy amount of people applying for it. Exactly. There's a ton of people that are applying for it. They They can't even go through that many applicants. So, I mean, to think that that private companies can't be successful or can't do big things that government entities have done at the same time. Yes, they can. It's been proven and private companies do it better. They do it faster. They do it more efficiently. And best of all, they don't do it with stolen money. Yep. 
Here's another one. Well, what about Social Security? What are we going to do with our retirement? How are we going to retire? How are we going to do this and that? I've got an idea. Keep your money and invest it how you want to. Yeah, thank you. Like, you don't need the government to do everything for you. You don't need the government to save your money. You will never see... Me and you, being I'm about to be 30 years old. I will never see a dime. I'm 32, just for reference. Yes. I will never see a dime of my Social Security money. And I've paid in a lot to Social Security. And I will never see a dime of it. That same money, if I were to take the same amount and put it into a low interest Oh man, it makes account, me sick. I would have so much more money and I would be able to retire at a younger age by like 10 years. Yeah, but that road on the way to your house with 30 potholes wouldn't exist. Well, I mean, you know, we got to pay for the potholes. Somebody's got to build the potholes. Somebody, yeah. Well, it's just like, okay, so all of these other neighborhoods that get built, most of those are private roads, and the people inside the communities have to maintain the roads, just like in my subdivision. We have to maintain our own roads. Okay. That's, that's where your HOA funding comes into play, Exactly. Correct? Okay. It, the, that's part of it. So, and maintaining water retention ponds and- Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, that's some that's, bullshit right there. <laughs> Luckily, our HOA is not too bad, or at least it wasn't, but that's that's another. Well, hey, we may have to do a podcast hey, about HOAs because fuck your HOA. <laughs> they all suck. Hey, I'm on the board now, so I'm trying to make it better. I know you are. I don't care. <laughs> fuck your HOA. They all fucking suck. They're that, taking notes from the government. That's true. People can take care of their own shit. Well, and at least back to this is my property. I should be able to do whatever I want. Yep. Plain and simple. And just like, and another thing that I, I believe most libertarians also believe is getting rid of property tax. Once you own that property, you should not pay taxes on it every single year for the rest of your life. That 110%, is ridiculous. 110%. Because back in the day, they didn't do that until, you know, until one day they decided, yeah, we hey, want, we're going to be like the king over here and we're going to say property taxes because we need more money. Yeah. At that point, it begs a question. Okay. When you pay off your property and you're still paying taxes on it, do you own it? Because if you stop paying no, the property taxes, they'll take it away. That's right. Like my grandmother, she ha she her house has been paid off now for a few years. She still has to pay property taxes. Fixed income, I assume. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's just insane. And and her retirement, like her fixed income, is just garbage. But and she worked up until retirement, yep. and she barely gets enough to really get by. I mean, she doesn't have really any expenses. So I mean, for her, it's you know. It's, but it I know it's, yeah, but it's still difficult. No, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, she's still, I mean, just like everybody that gets older, you know, she needs help from my dad and my mom and, you know, stuff like that. But, but see, that's family. That's community. That's charity. That's culture. Exactly. And that's not it's, something you can force. You can't force goodwill. Exactly. By taking money from this guy and saying. To give it to somebody else. No yeah. doubt, man. No doubt. And it's, it's ridiculous to me that people think like, okay, we need the government because we have all these charities. Most private cha charities have no government involvement for the yeah. most part, other than trying to take taxes from it, which is even crazier to me. Oh, man. The You're going to take taxes from a childhood cancer research fund that, why? Because you're greedy. Death tax, man. That says it all. Oh, I know. That is another one that's just insane. It blows my mind. But uh, the United States is overwhelmingly the most charitable uh, country in the entire world for sure we're talking 10 times over there isn't another country on the face of this earth that comes even close 
to the amount of funds that we send to other countries to help bring them out of poverty or donate goods for their children or food, what have you. We are overwhelmingly charitable in this country. And I, I can't speak for everybody that I know, but every time I go somewhere and they, they ask me, do you want to donate a dollar to the lost puppy yes, I fund? Do. I, I do it every time. About 95% of the time I do. And especially if, um, if I go to um, like Firehouse Subs, they'll ask you, do you want to round up your change? Donate I, it to the local firehouse. I, uh, yeah. yeah, of course. Even yeah. though that's already my tax dollars going there. Heck yeah, you need more resources. I'm going to help you out. See, that's a whole nother conversation. Well, there are certain things that the government is responsible for. Right. Keeping its citizens safe. I don't know if I don't know if fire department is necessarily part of it because I know back in the day they had the brigades and you had to pay if you wanted to save your house and blah blah blah. I, I would be totally fine having my taxes lowered, and I think ninety percent of people would. All right, let's let's really think about this hard. Everybody who's listening in the earshot of my voice, have you ever had your house completely burn and and be a total loss? There's probably one person in the back, maybe. Maybe over, over well, there. Hopefully they, they had insurance. And they know somebody, right? Well, what if you had the option? Yeah, you know what? I want to have ongoing fire protection, fire resources to my property in the event of a fire. All right, Mr. So-and-so, we're going to charge you $130 a year for that ongoing protection. Okay, well, Jane next door doesn't want ongoing protection, would rather take that $130 and say invest it or put it in a savings fund or put it into their business, and her house got on fire, she calls 911, the fire department pulls up, and they have her sign a, a waiver saying, hey, look, tonight's services, we're estimating this fire is going to take 2.5 hours to put out. We've got a crew of eight here. Your bill's going to be about nine grand after this is done. <laughs> Most people would rather have that option, though. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because, I mean... So I guess at I the can end go of the day, borrow nine grand tomorrow and, yeah. and don't think anything about yeah. it. And you know, I think a lot of people are in that actual boat though. Yeah. More often than you think the, they would be able to, or take that $130 over 30 years time and put it in an account for the event that you have to pay that bill for the fire department. Well, this is just crazy yeah. ideas and this is really, really, you know, out of left field. And I know this is going to sound, uh, you know, totally alien to a lot of people, but it's ideas like this that. I think could make um, a lot of people more wealthy and could could also help, you know, put money where it needs to go. Well, I think that the way the fire department is set up now, I believe that it's a good service. Personally, I'm and, not disagreeing with right, you. Right, right. One, can I say one more thing? Yeah, go for it. Real quick. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm in the heat of the battle right now. <laughs> you're good. And I, it's, <laughs> this, this is where good conversations it's, happen. It's a battle amongst myself and the government. Myself, I clone myself. Okay. No. So if you think about it, when you're watching TV and you're and and people who are watching live PD or or uh, you know live rescue, what what have you. A lot of times they refuse ambulance service because they know it's going to cost them. Okay. The, I'm, I, yeah. I see what you're saying. I see okay. what you're saying. Okay. So, okay. If, if somebody's hurt, but they had the ability to get a ride to the hospital or drive themselves to the hospital in order to save money. But it wouldn't be an issue if we had universal health care. Yeah. I mean, if we just stole, you know, 40% <laughs> of everybody's income, well, see, it'd be a fucking utopia. Yeah. And God knows we'd all be, you know, living in the Hamptons. So H Hamptons. Yeah. <laughs> Easy for me to say, right? So what I was getting at is to me, 
certain military, of course, being able to protect our citizens and in our country in the event of being attacked, not going over there and trying to do regime changes and blah, blah, blah. That's a legitimate role. I think police protection is a legitimate role, keeping its citizens safe. I like private policing. I like that idea. I really do. There's a lot of neighborhoods that hire private I mean, security. That, that's true. I used to live in an apartment complex that had private security. People were more well-behaved because they know you could pick up the phone and call so-and-so who lives yeah. three doors down. Hey, you're not supposed to be over there doing this at that hour. They were right there all the time. They made money doing it. Yeah. And yeah, granted, they're liable, but they're held more liable than even police officers are today that have well, immunity and, well, we need and to government end. protection. We and, need to end qualified immunity. That's another subject. I think but, we need to end it all. Well, I mean, press the big reset button. Yeah, let's just do there's over. No way that'll happen. <laughs> but and then I think the that firefighters are a legitimate role. Also, hey, if, firefighters, if, I love you guys. Yeah, I don't. If, if my tax dollars are going to go to anything, it's going to be per, per pe- protective services like that. It and people say, you know, we can't. How about fund your it. money? How about just your money? Well, why does it have to be? Have to do why do they have to steal it from you to they pay don't. for it? Exactly. My point exactly. If you're already voluntarily saying, hey, you know what? I'd be willing to make the payment every month, a small fee, to make sure that our city's fire department is in good order and they're going to come help me if I need it. Most people would be down to do that automatically, especially especially if they know that it's an option at the end of the year. They can see, hey, look at how much money I'm saving. Well, And And you know what? You don't burn your house down for... 20 years, your payment goes down because just like in insurance companies, you're less of a liability. Yeah. You've proven that, hey, in two decades, you didn't catch the house on fire. So you're probably I mean, pretty maybe, good. But at, what I'm trying to say is like, so even if you take and eliminate all taxes out of your paycheck, so you keep all your money, because right now, say you make yeah. $100,000, you you pay in thirty dollars to $40,000 in taxes. It's sickening. So if you were to able to keep that money and say, you know, right now we also have a sales tax. It's 9.75. If you were to in the take state that, of Tennessee. in the state of Tennessee, if you were to take and put a flat tax in place and actually reduce our deficit to a manageable amount, you would be able to be have a balanced budget, even a surplus with just a flat sales tax. I agree. One hundred and fifty thousand percent. I am not opposed to a flat tax. No. Because I would rather pay a twenty per fifteen to twenty percent flat tax on purchases and keep that extra thirty to forty thousand dollars in my pocket each year, all day. Because yeah. right now we're already paying almost ten percent on top of the thirty to forty percent that we're paying in federal taxes. Right, and the less you do business with, and the more you barter, the more money you save. Exactly, everybody benefits for it. One hundred percent, and what it's it's mind boggling to me that people like some of the extreme leftists right now are saying they want to tax as much as what was it, 80%, 90%. Yeah, if you make over if you make over like a certain so, like couple million dollars. What's the incentive for you to better yourself at that point because you're not making any additional money. Well, say, you're not going to create jobs. You're going to you're going to destroy the economy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It would it'd be uh we'd be Venezuela pretty quick well, and then that yeah. that authoritarian authoritarian government that the anti-fascists always you know, run around and who and, were completely fascist, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> they would they would quickly realize what it's really like to live in a country like that. And I know people, I work with people that have come from countries, specifically Venezuela, where her family 
they've had a lot of trouble down there and they 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 don't understand you know the mindset of a lot of the young people in the United States that have been so silver spooned their yeah. entire life they don't know how good they got it we had a detailer at my work um she's no longer there now but she was she was telling us a story that before she came here she's a political refugee and before she came here she, she knew people that were eating out of the garbage she knew people like actually knew these people grew up with these people awful and they are eating their pets because there's no food can you tell us what country it was venezuela yeah 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 that's awful man that's that's absolutely you know there's a lot of cubans in florida i mean (laughs) in fact of the weirdest thing i mean i i wish they were waving the, the joe jorgensen flag and the libertarian flag but they were in florida you know in miami they did a they were taking part of a huge trump parade and well, they're all cubans like if if that ain't the complete polar opposite of the political spectrum from where they came from i don't know what to tell you and the the liberals will tell you oh no that's the same thing they came from they yeah. just no that's it's not, not it's at not. all what they want is what they came from and that's the terrifying thing. You talk to anybody who has come from a, 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 a country that has that type of government control, and I'd say 85% will tell you that they are going to vote for Trump this election if they're able to vote because they know how dangerous the mindset is on the other side because they've lived it. Correct. They've seen it happen. Yeah. They see what it does to a country. They fled it. They, they came here for a reason. They didn't come here to have the same stuff happen to them again. No doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, I just want to let everybody know, I was going extreme off the cusp with the, the fire department and the police thing. I do think that's somewhere that we can get to at a point in the future. I do honestly believe volunteerism is the exact way that we need to conduct ourselves as human beings well and i think it benefits everybody we'll, we'll be more polite yeah prices will be um, better because there's more competition the government currently i mean if, it incites it, no competition on most things and that is horrible for everyday citizens exactly exactly and i think a flat tax is a stepping stone to get to where we need to be I don't think a flat tax is a permanent solution, but I think it's a good place to start over what we've got today for sure. And uh, on that note, why don't we switch gears and let's hop over to this website you were telling me about earlier. Yes, sir. And let's, let's do this quiz, man. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, again, this website is theadvocates.org. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a really good resource if you want to go in there and find out information. Like it has information on all kinds of different things. Um, it has political beliefs, beliefs on the side: libertarian, progressive, conservative, moderate, and authoritarian. Um, there's quizzes. There's information. If you click on one of the political beliefs, it'll take you and give you uh, FAQs, all kinds of stuff like that. It's a really good resource. And uh, this test that we're gonna do here: quiz, quiz, quiz. I'm quiz. a terrible test Sorry. taker. <laughs> so uh it's a this one's considered a one minute test so we're about to do that right here the first f- uh, five questions are on personal issues they have three choices it's agree maybe and disagree that's all of your choices so question number one 
government should not censor speech, press, media, or internet. I'm not going to share my answers with you, and I don't want you to share yours with mine. We're going to answer in silence. You'll ask the questions, and at the end, we'll compare notes. I'm good with that. All right. Military service should be voluntary. There should be no draft. Question number three. There should be no laws regarding sex between consenting adults. Repealing laws prohibiting adult possession and use of drugs. Hmm. If you're a libertarian, you know the answer to that one. Giggity. And the last question is, government should not target, detain, and deport undocumented workers. All right, now there's five more questions on this one, and it's economic issues. Taxpayers should not be responsible for student loan debt. Government should not be responsible for providing health care. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Let people control their own retirement, privatize Social Security. I think we know what we're going to answer on that one. Oh, that's a toughie. <laughs> Replace government welfare with private charity. And lastly, cut taxes and government spending by 50% or more. And then all we got to do is hit calculate my results. And lo and behold, guess what I am? Libertarian. I got a 100. You got a one. I got personal issue score. I got a 90. I got a 100, so... On economic issues, I scored 100. So I actually lean more conservative and libertarian. I am straight up You're the middle. dead in the middle. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I'm the libertarian on unbiased freedom. The only thing I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. The, the only thing that I probably had a different answer on you was the Ill- illegal workers. or And that's because... And, and un- undocumented, un- undocumented. Undocumented. Yeah. In my opinion, if you're here and you're a functional member of society, you should not be targeted and you should not be deported. You should give expedited service to becoming a citizen. Agree. Because you are, in fact, a functional member of society. Yep. And if someone let you over here, albeit a plane ride or you drove or you walked, then that was voluntary. Right. Nobody forced you to come here. Well, and most people that are here the just overstated their their visas anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that's like 85% of undocumented workers in the country are people who overstayed their visas. Yeah. They're not people that just jumped the border and came over here. There are people that came here for a reason to work and do everything else. And then they either forgot or, you know, they just didn't have the means to get back. Like, I mean, let's be honest. You have to have a fucking lawyer. To figure out all that paperwork, yeah, just to even ridiculous. get a visa, a green card, or or, or so, even to communicate with the government. Yeah, and it's, so if you're going to do all of that stuff and you're going to come here and then you're going to be a functional member, hell expedite yeah, expedite it, expedite it. Yeah, that's a boom. That's dollar signs. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Boom. <laughs> so, but yeah, so on this one, it's really cool. This website, you can go on there. There's other. um there's other quizzes you can do and stuff like that. We're, I'm, I'm thinking one more. You want to do which one do you want to do? You want to do so uh, at the end of that one. It says ready to take the latest test for libertarians. Oh, hold on, let me get over there. The human respect test is designed for libertarians just like you to measure your beliefs are respectful or coercive. Okay, you to measure take that one? if your beliefs. Yeah, take All test right. now. Let's do it. Uh, the three minute test. Three minute test. All right, let's do it. All right, it says, question number one. This human 
respect test was designated for libertarians just like you will score how respectful or coerce you are in your beliefs. Coercive. Coercive, whatever, sorry. It's kind of, it's not. It's smart. a tough word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the smartest. <laughs> I, I went to Antioch High School. Let's, let's just be real. Ooh, um, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right. So you've likely taken the world's smallest political quiz and tested libertarian. Is that correct? Select one. And it's going to, it's just, you know, something stupid, but that's fine. Um, you want to read number two? Wait, what did you answer on that first question? Because it looks like it decides how you progress. Um, let's see. Let me get back. Hold on. I just put that yes, so I'd like to get started because we did take the, the smallest political. Cool. Okay. You're just. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making sure I'm on the same page here. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. All right. Hit it. All right, so question number two is going to be libertarians like you believe that people should have the right to pursue their goals so long as they don't harm others. As you may have heard, a core tenet of libertarianism is the principle of non-harm, which states that initiating violence against someone is wrong. We also refer to this as principle of human respect. In other words, libertarians live by something like the golden rule. If you believe you should be able to live free and should not be harmed, then you believe others should live free and not be harmed as long as they are not harming anyone. Agree or disagree? Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll read this one. <clears throat> Question three. All right, okay, now before we begin, let's go over the two fundamental powers of social change. Persuasion is the power to convince others to do something or change their behavior. It starts with basic respect for others. Coercion is the power to force others by treating them or by using violence. <clears throat> Black Lives Matter. Anti-fascist. From our individual lives to complex geopolitics, these are two powers people can use to create change. Now let's talk about coercion, the power to use force against someone. As an individual citizen, when do you believe you should have the power to use force? Select all that apply. The options are I should have the power to use force to defend myself and my property. America. I should have the power to use force to compel others to do what I think is right. No. I should have the power to use force to compel others to be tolerant. No. No. <laughs> you can't. These are our opinions. You guys, uh, we want you guys to also take these tests. We would love to see your results in our comments and let us know how you scored on these different tests. We're going to put links down below in the comment section underneath the video so you guys can go check it out for yeah. yourself. We definitely want to see what your results are because it would make for a great conversation. And please don't let our answers, you know, coerce yours. Maybe we won't... Uh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Maybe we won't uh, share what we're, our, our actual answers are then. That way it doesn't influence. It's a little late for that. Well, that's true. We're four right. deep. <laughs> Question four. Excellent. Based on your answers, you indicated you think it's wrong for individuals, regardless of their differences of belief, to initiate violence against others. Some people think that whatever is wrong for an individual to do, such as to threaten or in initiate violence, is also wrong for a group. But others think that when it comes to a group of individuals, something changes, making violence okay. Black Lives Matter. For example, if a group of people decides to take your property against your consent, then it's okay. Do you believe it's okay for a group to initiate violence even though it's not acceptable for an individual? 
Select one. What is wrong for individuals is also wrong for groups of individuals. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Um, I clicked it and then it took us to the next question. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> that's fine. That's the that's the correct answer. Um that's our answer anyway. Yeah, for sure. Because just real quick segue, like people keep continuing saying that these riots are okay. And even though they're not, I mean, I get, and then the argument now, of course, is, well, the Boston Tea Party was violent, blah, blah, blah. No. 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 Nobody was hurt throwing tea over in, into the ocean. No, that was not at all the same. No, the Revolutionary War, yeah, that was violent. That was, that was very definitely violent. But that was a group of people trying to coerce another group to believe a certain way or act a certain way, which we both disagree with. Disagree. And thankfully, we're all here today because of those people. Exactly. Disagreeing. In and the best back. country in the world, no matter how you look at it, we have our problems. But at the end of the day, this is still the best country because even the people who hate it won't leave. Agreed. All right. So question five. Let's start asking some interesting questions. You have or indicated that to initiate violence is wrong for both individuals and groups of individuals. Do you believe that initiating violence is still wrong, even if you delegate the violent act to someone else, for example, through a system of voting? Interesting. Example, let's say that you'd like to have a community swimming pool. You and some neighbors decide to put up the questions for a vote. Wait a minute. This is the HOA. HOA, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This will be a good one. Yeah. Even if nearly half of your neighbors vote against the pool, they will be forced to pay for it. Not note the refusal to pay means government agents will initiate violence against them and forcibly take their property. Uh -huh. Do you believe that it is right to force your neighbors to pay without their consent? Uh oh, this is going to look really bad as an HOA board member. No, it's not because I'm on there for a specific reason. We'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. On next week's <laughs> HOA hate pod <laughs> all right select all that apply voting doesn't change the fact that initiating violence is wrong that is correct it doesn't matter if it's voted or not it's gonna if it's wrong it's wrong though it is wrong it's the only way for communities to make decisions together communities don't have to make decisions together in my opinion people as individuals can act individually and don't have to act as a unit or a community this, or a group if this community wants a pool and not everybody wants it. The ones that want it should pay the equal amount to upkeep it. And the ones who don't pay for it don't get access. Right. And if they want access, they have they to pay a fee. Yeah. I love that. If the act is carried out by voting, is it right to force your neighbor to pay? No. I don't believe so. Because, again, just make it to where they don't have access. You said, it is it right? It is right. Oh, my bad. It is right. So, correct. It, Read that again. If the act is carried out by voting, it is right to force your neighbor to pay. No. No. Question six. Based on your answers, you have indicated it is wrong to initiate violence against your neighbor, even if you delegate that violence through a system of voting. Do you realize that democracy gives a, major, uh, a majority coercive power over the minority? In local elections, voter turnout can be as low as 10%. That means that only 5% plus one vote one of voter delegate coercive power over 94%, the majority of whom never even voted. If you believe that initiating violence is immoral and that democracy, which is ruled by a majority vote, 
gives people the ability to initiate violence against an unconsenting portion of the population, what can we conclude about the morality of democracy? Select all that apply. Democracy is fundamentally immoral. I'm going to not tell you my answer on this one. And it does say select all that applies. So, Democracy is moral if everyone consents in advance to respect the outcome of the vote. Democracy is immoral, but it is a necessary evil we have to accept to live together. Or, democracy is moral because it is part of the social contract, which means we've all consented by virtue of being born as a citizen. Jesus Christ. So, that's some bullshit right it, there. It is. So, just to also remind everybody, we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. Just FYI. I'll let you take question seven, brother. Okay. I think we got one question after this one, folks. You have a strong and consistent moral principles. Based on your answers, you believe that democracy is immoral to the extent that it allows for the initiation of violence over others, which you have indicated is wrong. What if uh, democratic voting was totally voluntary, meaning that it required the express consent of everyone involved and coerced force Coercive. Coercive. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> was totally removed. For example, let's say you move into a community where you agree to pay a membership dues to enjoy certain benefits. In that agreement, you have the right to leave as long as you have held up your con contractual, uh, contractual obligations. Oh my God. Yeah, I still said her. Contractual obligations. Good Lord. So just so everyone knows. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the <laughs> smartest guy. No. I don't read. We're drinking Crown Royal <laughs> Vanilla and, <laughs> and Coke. And I think this man may have put too much crown in his Coke. It was delicious. He regrets nothing. Keep going. I, I don't. I don't regret it. A, a portion of the dues you pay can be spent <laughs> according to how the community votes. You consent to the process in advance by signing a contract and moving into the community. If, in time, you don't like the result, it's easier to leave the our arrangement. Do you agree that this voluntary form of governance is okay, even though it includes a democratic vote? Select all that apply. If one consents to the system of voting in advance, it is okay because no one can coerce them. No, force. Because no coercive force is being <sighs> yeah. initiated. This the guy's going to jump in. only enforcing the agreement. Any, vo any voluntary governance system is okay because it uses advanced consent. I disagree. Consent doesn't necessarily make something okay. Select all that apply. <sighs> Well, consent always makes something okay, so I'm not agreeing with that one. All right. I'm going to try this one again. Get a little bit, you know, a little clear head here. Go for it. All right. Question number eight is, please let us clarify. Here's an example of voluntary systems. Netflix or Amazon Prime, a gym membership, college, church, cell phone services, personal relationships, clubs, homeowners associations. Voluntary or persuasive systems exist based on respecting the desire of others to freely associate, which requires their consent. Coercive or violent systems force obedience without consent and disassociating with them is costly, burdensome, and risky. Select all that apply. Voluntary systems are okay because they are consensual. 
voluntary systems are better than involuntary systems because they can still do harm. Or, but they still can do harm. Sorry. Um, consent is not enough to justify a totally voluntary system. People need to be protected from their own poor choices. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell everybody here, we've got different questions. Really? Yep. Ah, so we had a different answer. That's why. That's right. So I don't... Interesting. I'm going to just answer my question yeah, let's do it. in silence here, and then we can, we can compare notes at the end as we previously discussed. Well. All right. Well, then question number nine is going to be different. I'm done. You're done. Okay. Let's, let me get through my question. You go ahead and talk about yours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my human respect score is 100% respectful. You, pre you prefer a respectful bleh. you prefer a respectful approach over a coercive approach to social change. We can see that you have a strong moral character and an open mind. Based on your answer, your human respect score indicates that you are a libertarian anarchist. <laughs> what did I tell you at the beginning so, of this podcast? What's funny is I also scored 100% respectable, but we had different questions. Right. Because I think we had different answers. What, did. What, did, what is your libertarian? I am libertarian anarchist. As well? As well. Interesting. It says, we can see you have a strong moral character and an open mind. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. That is, that is pretty... Uh, That's cool. I like how um, different answers give you different outcomes yeah. and so then, th so you know that it's a legitimate thing it's not just something that's just generated you know for to sway a specific yeah exactly like that. so it, it's truly an unbiased kind of which is perfect for us drum roll yes sir all right so yeah we're an hour deep into this so let's go ahead and start wrapping this up we're going to get to the good news story of the week thomas hit it brother yes sir all right so this is actually going to be referenced from a sister page of ours that we have started it's called bright side stories on facebook uh we will share this also on the podcast page so obviously everybody is pretty much well aware of the uh california wildfires right now yep so there was about 200 people in California that were completely surrounded by these wildfires and the California rescue told them they were on their own. They had no way of accessing them. They weren't going to be able to do anything about it. So a couple of pilots decided to take a Chinook and Apache helicopter and fly in and out with night vision goggles. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the taxes that are stolen that from well, them, still the National Guard. Let's, but yes, go ahead. They just said you're, you know, f you. Yeah, that was two hundred people, and so that's what, the size of some small towns out here. In yeah, West Tennessee. <laughs> so the the national the National Guard spun up two helicopters. Like I said, it, I'm sorry, it wasn't Apache. It was a Black Hawk, a Black Hawk and a Chinook, and they headed out to help. They used night vision to uh, to fly through high crosswinds, smoke, and burning embers, and rough terrain. They took off and landed several times, rescuing all 200 people. And we actually, on the page, there's the article that we shared, and it has pictures of it, and it's completely amazing. They were also advised not to take off, and they disobeyed direct orders to save these people. 
those those pilots and those people and those crewmen are 100% American heroes. That's the kind of people that need to be celebrated. And it just tells you right there that the government is not always have your best interests at heart because the government said to abandon them. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to risk our lives to go over here and try to help these people. Volunteerism. It's amazing. They did it because they wanted to. They got nothing out of it. And uh, all 200 people are alive today because of it. So you're right. That is the true American spirit. That is your true American way of life. And we all hope to strive and to keep being better people and make our communities a better place. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you hanging out with us this last hour with our drunken stupid, drunken stupid, drunken stupor. <laughs> I think it was stupid too. I, we, we are not always the smartest. No, nah, so. nah, but <laughs> rightfully so, we admit to it and we're not here to tell people you know, how to think. We're just here to tell you how we think. And, um, you know, it might very well be different than what you've been told and what you know about. And so it gives you the opportunity to hear a different perspective, maybe a different idea and can put you on the path to doing your own research to come path up with your own freedom. Con- yeah. Your own conclusions. And, you know, hopefully we shared some information that, uh, maybe helps you kind of realize, you know, what, how you're actually going to vote. You know, don't vote for the lesser two evils. Vote for a, a candidate that you truly believe in. And, you know, people say Jorgensen has no chance of winning. But at the end of the day, it's about a movement. It's about starting a movement. Gary Johnson reached, you know... 4.4 million. Yeah, 4.4 million. This time, how much could Jorgensen get? I think we can hit the 8 million mark. Yeah, for sure. I think we can hit that almost 10% threshold. I'm on a Facebook page. It's Joe Jorgensen 2020. And when I joined it just a few months ago, there was, I think just less than a thousand people it's over forty thousand people on this page a dedicated page to people just go on there and talk and exchange information another great place to go um and if you're voting for Joe well, or if you just want more information so it it's it's amazing to see the grass you know it's just it's building and we don't want you to just be sucked into the two-party system take your time research See who's going to have the best, you know, policies and everything to match what you believe in. Don't just vote party lines. That is the worst thing you can do. That's the only wasted vote is a vote that you don't believe in. And uh, for those that are curious, if you do go vote for someone other than a Democrat or a Republican in the state of Tennessee, you will not see their party designation next to their name so joe jorgensen and spike cohen will not show libertarian next to their name it will show an eye for independent and there's a vast movement in this state that has been ongoing for the last 10 years that i'm aware of to change that so that everybody knows the party affiliation of these so-called in quotations independents so it's easier for people to find people that they resonate with because that is just a way for the left and the right, aka the Democrats and Republicans, to squash out alternative thinking, and it makes it harder for people to to find that uh, that third voice because yeah. there's a lot of uh, people on those lists when you go to vote. Well, and not only that, so but if you're a Republican, you just don't care what their exactly. names are. You just press the button next to their name, and you're good. You go go to sleep at night. You don't even think anything of it. Well, and so 
the what another thing that sucks, just real quick, I'll touch on is so Jorgensen's not even been invited to the debates, even though she's doing so well in all these polls because the polls they chose this time, yeah, didn't even include her in the poll. It's completely fabricated it is, and manipulated. Yeah, it's funded by Democratic and Republican leaders. So I mean, it's it's completely understandable that they did that. But polls that they've used historically that did include Jorgensen this time, they excluded this time. Yeah, which is just because they know completely she, insane. she meets the minimum requirements in order to put her on the debate stage. And if she was up there, with she would wipe the floor with them. Oh, it would be nasty and it would be glorious and everybody would get to see how stupid the left and the right really are. Yep. And I think it'd be a great way for everybody to see a different perspective, a, a different option and move forward and, and sleep better at night. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We really want to hear some more feedback. Um, if you have questions, future topics, please let us know. Uh, also, please take these tests or these quizzes with us. Uh, we would love to see your results. Are you authoritarian? Are you libertarian? Are you moderate? Yeah. Are you, what are you? Are you a centrist? What are you? Let us know. Because do you know? You probably don't. Not all of you. Anyway, go, go do it. It'll be fun. We'll link everything down below. And uh, we will see you on the next one. Until then, peace out. Have a great week.